And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Madame Moshe, who after her hemodialysis treatment, experienced a transition and a cosmic transportation. Mana, thank you for joining me and welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a beautiful thing to be guided by the ancestors and the spirit to even allow me to even acknowledge that your platform exists, considering I've been looking for a platform like this for some years, but perfect timing. So I appreciate you allowing me to be here. Well, it's great that you found me. <laughs> Mana, let's talk about that cosmic transportation that you had. Okay, so I come home from dialysis and I was exhausted and I had fell asleep and I woke up and I felt like I was like pulling, like pulling something out of my throat and it was coming from up and out and I was having a hard time pulling it out. And then all of a sudden, I, I wasn't really feeling anything. I wasn't seeing anything. And I closed my eyes because I'm thinking maybe I was asleep. And then when I awakened my eyes, I felt like I was on an elevator that was going up like really, really fast. And when I had went up, well, like when I come to a stop and all of a sudden it was like, there was these great big giant pillars. Um, we were in the sky or in space because it was dark. I actually tried to create the the image, but my computer um, I had been upgraded and they messed up all of my my files and stuff. But um, it was like seven thrones, great big giant colossal size um, thrones. And there were seven spirits sitting on each um, throne, one on each throne, seven spirits. And I can hear them talking, but I wasn't really paying attention to the talking because I was so mesmerized by being where I was. And it, it looked like I was like about four or five years old in this vision. Uh, and I was hiding behind the pillars because I guess me as a little child knew I wasn't supposed to be where I was. Um, I can hear the them talking, the voices talking. And I would peek out every now and then and um, to see what it is that I can see. And I noticed that the um, it was like how they said a red carpet but it wasn't red, it was like a real pretty um, royal blue, blue um, carpet. And then on each side was like glass, but it was like a, a, a black glass uh, with some maybe some gold dust or something in them. And then I heard this particular strong voice say, who will go before me and prepare the way? So I like stood behind the pillar like like this, but I just was waiting to hear my brother's voice and I didn't hear his voice. Then I was like, well, maybe I hear my sister's voice. I didn't hear her voice. 
then I started thinking about other family members and friends and nobody's answering uh, who's going to go. And so all of a sudden I felt like this was my cosmic parents and I'm the, I'm the type of person that I'm not going to let the parent down, um, even though that's a whole nother story. But uh, so I stepped out from behind the pillar and I start walking up the, um, the blue carpet and I raised my hand and said, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go for you. And then I just dawned on me <laughs> what I just did. And I was like, oh my goodness, I wasn't even supposed to be here. Um, and then I heard the, oh my goodness, you you know what um, great Northern lights look like, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So each one of the thrones, instead of seeing like a physical image, um, each one of the thrones at whatever was speaking, they were like great northern lights. So it was more like the, I was seeing spirits, but I can hear the voice. And the one that was dead in the middle um, was the biggest one and had the biggest glow um, between the green, the blue, and the yellow. Um, it was more like I can see a structure of eyes and nose and mouth, but it was more still like a a facade, a facade, like if you're in the desert, mm -hmm. um, that thing. And so when I said, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go for you. Um, then the spirit said, yes, you will go. And I will be there with you to protect you. And the books will be open to you and you can come and go as you please. And I was like, okay. And so then the next thing I know, when I turned around to leave, it was like, all of a sudden, it was like these great big, um, great big old wings were like flapping. Um, flapping like real hard, like the velocity of the size of a giant fan woof, 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 on the side of my ears. Woof, woof. Um, so it was kind of like startling me. And so when I opened my eyes, um, I was back in my bed, but it was overwhelming um, because I just had like this strange feeling that I experienced something but I couldn't understand or remember um, what did I agree to go do? <laughs> it's like, well, I'll go, I'll go. Well, I remember saying, they asked who will go before me and prepare the way for me. So I knew it had something to do with that. How old were you at the time when this happened? I was probably, um, well, believe it or not, I'm 60 right now. <laughs> so this happened like when I was maybe 40 or somewhere between 40 and 42. The okay. first. Yeah. Did you feel like a child or did you look at your body and see yourself as an astral child or something? Yes. When inside that um, vision, I just um, described I was a little girl. I, I literally looked like I couldn't have been no more than four or five years old. Even though I'm I'm grown, I'm a some grown person having this experience, but I seen a little child 
go before, um, I guess what you call the heavenly council. I was a little girl. Do you feel that this was a near death because of perhaps you had some kind of reaction to the hemodialysis or a near-death-like experience? I believe it was a divine spiritual experience where they used the opportunity of me feeling the way I was feeling to intervene to bring something back to my remembrance of the purpose why I'm here in spite of the suffering. Now, in the beginning, you felt like something was coming out of your mouth, I believe. Do you feel like that was your spirit leaving your body? I still don't really understand what that was because it, it felt like like I was literally trying to pull veins and arteries out of my mouth. And it just, it was like a gristle, felt like gristles were like being pulled out of my mouth. So I never really revisit that to figure out what that was because it, it happened a lot even after that particular time um, when I would go to sleep and I would have these quivers and everything. And then all of a sudden I, I wake up and I'm always pulling, pulling something out of my mouth, but there's nothing there, but I feel like I'm pulling like these gristles or something, veins or arteries out of my mouth. You describe the place as having pillars. Do you think that the place looked like somewhere out of ancient Greece or Rome? Hmm. Well, I looked at some pictures of ancient Greece and ancient Rome, and I've also seen pictures of ancient um, um, China, and I've seen some pictures of ancient Kemet, or what some people call Egypt, and between, they look more like um, ancient Kemet, well, they call it Egypt today, it looks more like that, and then sometimes it looks like um, some place in, way up in the country in China, with all the veins, I mean, vines and everything growing over some type of ancient temple. Do you feel like that place was heaven? Well, when I was before the council, I believe that's what I, I call it the heavenly council, but mm. I didn't see any other thing except for um, the pillars, the great big thrones, the pillars and the spirits that were um, sitting on each throne that looked like great northern lights. There were other people there because I can hear them speaking. Um, but my eyes were just asphyxiated on these giant thrones with these spirits on them. So, so after you came back, how did your life change? Uh, that this the part I'm getting ready to tell you now mm -hmm. is when my life changed. <laughs> um, so one time I come home from dialysis, and it was the weekend, and I wanted to go out and party. And I got dressed to get ready to go out and party. Now, you're looking at somebody who the divine spirit literally changed my whole life around just like that. Not in days, not in weeks, not in months, nor a year. Um, the divine spirit, uh, well, let me tell you. So um, I was on my way to go out and party. And then when I got to the top of my steps, um, I realized I wasn't moving. So 
then I noticed my mind open up to a, a situation that I experienced when I was seven years old. And so the drinking, the smoking, the snorting, the shooting, the lying, the stealing, the carrying guns, the carrying knives. I was a stripper. I was a lesbian. I was abusive to old and young, two-footed, four-footed, group home, treatment center, jail. All of that was to cover up an experience that I had at seven. And that was, my daddy was a preacher. And I caught him sexually my oldest sister, the least the one that was in our household. My mother, she actually gave birth to 14 children. I'm the seventh child out of 14. One set of twins, me and my twin brother. One set of triplets, which is um, Mary, Martha, and Matthew. Um, so my daddy, you know, when he realized that what I was witnessing him making my sister do, he tried to do the same to me, but it was not my fate to go that route. So um, at seven years old, I believe the sister, I mean, the ancestors, the divine spirit allowed me to do something to my dad where he would never approach me in that manner again. But everything happens for a reason. I couldn't understand the reason, but it definitely made me a troubled child after that, and it was more important for me to hurt others before they hurt me, because that was, I was daddy's baby girl. I just couldn't um, believe that that was happening and that was experience. But um, my, my experience, when that, my mind was reopened to that, and I didn't want to go and party, I decided I need to call somebody and ask them, um, you know, talk to me about this, because this is obviously a situation that I need to overcome, experience, or talk to somebody, because I've never done it before. So I sat down to, to call somebody, and the first time I went to this number and called it, this voice speaks out of my mouth and says, hmm, don't you remember what you've done to this individual? they're not gonna have anything to say to you that is positive and uplifting. And I'm, you know, I'm real thinking these are my thoughts, but I'm just speaking them. Um, so I was like, wow, okay. So I went to the next name and then the same voice spoke through my mouth and told me, no, this individual is not going to be able to help you. You don't remember what you did to this individual. They're not gonna have anything encouraging and uplifting to say. So by the time I got to the fourth one <laughs> and the same thing, so I got frustrated and I said, well, then who do I call? Because obviously I need somebody to talk to. And then the voice spoke through my mouth and said, call God. And then I was like, H-E-L-L, -L, no. <laughs> because I was like, well, I actually spoke the reason why I said I was like, why would I call um, God when my daddy was a preacher and he did this, that, and the other? Uh, I don't want to call on a God that would allow something like that. And then all of a sudden, my mouth said, plus, God must be a woman because the men are doing this, that, and the other. 
And when I heard myself say that, I was like, okay, I know I'm losing my mind because I never heard anything about no female God or woman God or anything like that. So I kind of try to brush it off. But then the next thing I know, I lean forward and I was pulling out my my drawers, like if I was looking for something and I heard my voice said, well, what are you looking for? And I was like, I don't know, but I was just going through my drawers because I've only been in this um, apartment um, maybe uh, almost a year, but I haven't unpacked everything. Um, so next thing I know, I went into the dining room, pulled out a chair, bring it to my closet, start throwing everything out my closet. And I couldn't understand what it was that I was looking for. And then all of a sudden, I noticed this closet in this um, apartment had like a, a corner phase to it. So I reached um, back to the back, like backwards, to get what it was that I felt in the back. And it was a black book. And so <laughs> the black book was brand new. And I flipped it over and it said, Holy Bible. And I was like, oh, I know this isn't mine because, you know, the lifestyle I was living, I had no purpose and no reason nor desire to have one of these books in, of my own. Um, so uh, when I turned it over, I was like, okay, so if I open it up and it speaks to me and I can make sense out of it, then I'll keep reading but if I open it up and it doesn't speak to me nor make any sense, I'm gonna throw it like I did the other book. I forgot to tell you, I found another book and when I opened it, it was like some foreign thing that was in it and it made me toss it across the room. Okay, so a brand new book, a brand new one of these, uh, it doesn't even, you can't even see the word Holy Bible in it, but you see the condition of this, mm -hmm. um, this is how much the, the spirit was feeding me. And this looked like this in less than a year. I mean, remember when I was up there, they said the books will be open unto you and you can come and go as you please. Well, I, I, I was brought to this book an awful lot. And this one was the first one so it was looking brand new. This one is the second one. This is how much they were feeding me and showing me um, the deep and secret and hidden things that um, were in there. So when the divine spirit allowed me to realize that there was an intervention going on, but I couldn't really understand what it was, um, I, oh, I went to the brand new looking Bible and I said, I said the most amazing thing because I don't know where this come from, but I said, okay, can we do like when I was a little girl and I asked you a question, you close my eyes, then you take my finger and you point to wherever the answer is. And I thought that was so cute. And I said, and I just got this big old smile on my face. And um, so it was like the spirit granting me, yes, this is how we're going to do this. You ask me a question and then I'm going to close your eyes. 
I'm going to take your hand and open up the book. I'm going to point your finger and where it lands, that will be the answer. So the first one, well, that came to me, I didn't even ask the question. I just, the spirit just opened up a book and point my finger and it landed on John. And it said, I am the vine and you are the branch. If you stay abiding in me, I'll stay abiding in you. And if you bear good fruit and something, something. So I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, cause I really want to really be in the book. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden when I read the part that if you don't bear good fruit, men will come and gather you and throw you into the fire. Then all of a sudden I felt like I had this convulsion of fire. Literally my whole body just burned because I was angry. I, I had an anger because I was being rejected um, from a so-called God that is supposed to love everybody. Um, and then I started thinking about my daddy and all of this. And so I said, well, if you don't want me and I'm tired of living this way and I'm tired of doing the things I'm doing, I might as well go out here and kill somebody or let somebody kill me uh, or just somehow or another wind up in jail or up underneath the jail because I'm just tired. Um, and then I got up to go outside. Then I recognized I forgot my weapon. So I come back to take it off my, my dresser. Then all of a sudden, my body just turned all the way around to where I laid the um, Bible on my bed. And when I picked it up, it was like all of a sudden my eyes, I didn't have to wear glasses then, but it was like my eyes just became like these magnifying glasses. And this one um, verse seemed to just come and just meet me at my eyeballs. And it said um, that, oh, what was that part? Um, it said, oh, now the words that I speak unto thee, thy are clean. I didn't hear that part before. And then all of a sudden, there was like this cleansing um, experience that everything that I mentioned and some others, I mean, literally from A to Z, the divine spirit showed me my apostasy behavior. And she changed it just like that. Okay, so I round up on the floor. I still don't know how long I was on there. Um, but when I woke up, um, I remember crawling on my hands and my knees. And then when I got over to the um, the dresser, just like a little girl, I kind of like peeked my head up <laughs> so I can see my eyes um, because I would not cry. I became so hard because if I cry, my eyes would be real swollen and puffy. So I inched it up to see my eyes and they weren't puffy. Then I inched them up a little more to see my nose and my nose wasn't puffy. Then I got to my mouth and I saw my whole face and I knew that there's something that happened to me because I wasn't real puffy. So I stood all straight up and I looked dead in the mirror and I said, I feel different, but I don't look different. 
I feel different, but I don't look different. I said it three times. Then all of a sudden, I'm Jeff. Oh, my goodness. The spirit spoke through my mouth and said, I don't care how big and beautiful the church is. I don't take souls by the soul load. I take them, I mean, I don't take them by the church load. I take them by the soul load. And I thought that was weird. So I literally, I put my face up against my mirror and I said, what did you just say? And then the spirit says, I don't care how big and beautiful the church is and what all it has to offer. I don't take souls by the church load. I take them by the soul load. And then I heard solo, that means one individual at a time and solo, the weight of your soul. So the spirit gave me an immediate um, revelation. Now I wasn't going to anybody's church uh, uh, at that time anyway, but um, when I started freaking out because of the experiences that I was having at that point, I decided, okay, I'm not gonna go out and party tonight. I said, I've experienced a lot of things um, in my life. And I feel like there's only one thing that I've never experienced and that's losing my mind. So <laughs> I literally felt like I was losing my mind. And if that's what is happening, I'm going to do it right here at home. So I got up in the bed and I covered up my head and that voice kept saying, I don't care how big and beautiful the church is until I fell asleep. And the next morning, I was supposed to have went to dialysis, but I just felt like I didn't need to go <laughs> in the way I was. So my nurse, she called me and she told me, uh, well, she asked me why wasn't I here? And I told her I don't need to be there because I'm having a, a, an experience and I don't feel like that's the place I need to be right now. And so she, this is the same nurse who would always um, ask me um, to go to church with her. And I would always say no or make up a lie or, you know, make up some type of excuse at that point because I wasn't into going to anybody's churches at that time. But the weirdest thing when she said, okay, this will probably be the best time for you to come to church. We're having a Bible study um, this evening. And then all of a sudden my mouth said, okay. And I was like, oh my goodness, I know there's something wrong with me. My own. I said, well, then, if anything, it'll allow me to um, get myself together and get out of this bed because I was just ready to just lose my mind and die. So anyway, so she come and she picked me up. Now, there was a little child in the back seat. Now, remember, I said I was abusive to old and young, two-footed and four-footed. So I, I didn't know that the divine spirit had taken all of this away. Um, but when I seen a child in the back seat, I asked the mother, I said, now is the child going to stay in the back seat? And she rolled down the window because this is before I even got in the car because I really needed to understand how this situation was going to be. And uh, she said, yes, yeah, she's um, locked in her car seat, why? And I said, well, cause I have, you know, an issue about being around children, especially when they start pulling on me and stuff. 
And she said, oh, no, she knows better than to get out of the car seat. So I got in, and we're, as we're driving, uh, all of a sudden, she started telling me about all of these enmities that her church have. She told me that they have a basketball court, they have a tennis court, they have a racket room, they have these different rooms for different things like home ed and all of this type of stuff, and they have a weight room an exercise room. And when she said that, that grabbed my attention because I was literally looking for some place to um, go do some workout, you know, to try to keep my body in shape being on dialysis. And I said, your church has a gym. And she says, yeah. And if you become a member, you get to use all of that for free. And I was like, wow, then I'll join your church just so I can take advantage of the gym. I was being honest, right? So we get to this location, and I said, well, I thought you said we the Bulls have been at the church um, at 7 o'clock. We only got five minutes. Why are we stopping at the mall? She said, this isn't a mall. This is our church. I never seen a church like that before in my life. I just never seen a one. I guess they call them the mega churches. But to make um, so when I got in, I was so mesmerized how big and beautiful it was. And then when we sat down, all of a sudden the spirit spoke through my mouth and said, "I don't care how big and beautiful." the church is and what all it has to offer. I don't take souls by the church load. I take them by the soul load. So obviously I said it loud enough for some of the other um, people that was around me to hear me. And this little old lady, she says, baby, what did you say? <laughs> so the spirit allowed me to turn around and repeat myself, but it didn't stop there. The spirit just kept on and on telling the people that they're all in there for the wrong reason. And this same thing, I was getting ready to get caught up in it because wanting to take advantage of a gym, you know. Um, but the spirit just kept talking. And then when I finally finished, she says, baby, you need to be touching, teaching Sunday school. <laughs> and then I was like, no. <laughs> but nevertheless, moving forward. Uh, it's it's just so much that happened that particular uh, night. But the next thing I know, there was these four older women took me into this back room and they literally laid me on the floor. I had one on my right arm, one on my right leg, one on my left leg, one on my um my left arm. And they were holding me down and they wanted me to keep calling on the name of J.C., and it wouldn't come out. It just wouldn't come out. And I was trying and trying, but my heart and my chest were getting heavier and heavier. And they said, Come you gotta say it, you gotta say it. And I was like, it's not coming out. And then I was wearing these green contact lenses and I noticed that one of them fell out, but I knew something was different about me because I would have stopped every last one of them women and had them looking for that green contact lens. But I just laid there and um, eventually they realized that I wasn't going to say it. So they let me up and told me to just keep reading the Bible and you know, call on the name and everything will come to you. You must've been a very good servant of the devil. You can't even get out. 
And I was like, well, I don't know about all of that, but yeah, I, I had an issue um, with that. So long story short, it was time to um, get back in the car so she can bring me home. So as we're driving, I felt a tug on my shirt and I already knew what that was. The, the little child is pulling on my shirt, but I wasn't feeling like I would have felt prior to this situation that I've experienced. And then was there was a long pull, but I was at peace. Then the next thing I know, this child then got out of her car seat, climbed up through her mom, you know, that opening. She come over and she straddles me, um, straddles me, sits right in front of my face. And she straddles me. She took her hands and she put them on my face. Excuse me. And she said, I love you. That broke me because I never, children can sense when you're a bad seed. So most children stay away from me because the way I used to be. And um, here it is, this baby who don't even know me and her mama's screaming because she never heard her child tell anybody that they love her. She doesn't even tell her dad, but she tells me. And uh, so she pulls over, she's hysteric. I'm hysteric because I know there's something happening to me. Um, because this child just straddled me and put her hands on my face and not baby talk, but it was a child talking and says, I love you. Then I knew there was definitely something um, going on with me. So when they got me home, I, I need to, I need some, some answers here because I need to know what's really happening to me because I didn't know what's happening to me. And when I got to my door to get ready to um, open my door, um, the voice says, the devil is sitting on your couch. Now, I take it like somebody done broke into my home and uh, I'm getting ready to catch them as a surprise because, oh, <laughs> so I brace myself and I open turn the knob like really really slow so I can just slam in because when you open my door the couch is right there it's one in the big sectional and so when I as soon as I get in I'm gonna see who's sitting on my couch guess who was sitting on my couch my dog <laughs> Woo! now I like I said I was abusive too didn't matter my dog knows not to be on my couch because my dog had a tendency of wanting to chew holes in my couch. The next thing I know, I seen my dog on the couch, but then it was like I blinked my eyes and I was standing in the kitchen. So I knew something had happened to me because me to pass up my dog and not snatch her up, but instead pass her up and be in the kitchen and she's still sitting on my couch. I knew that there was a, a divine spirit present um, for that to happen. 
And then the spirit spoke through my mouth and said, go tell her to get down. I said, I know you don't want me to tell her to get down, thinking I'm still got some of my old ways. And no, the spirit said, no, you go and tell her to get down. I said, okay. So I walked up. Now, my dog was literally sitting on my couch like a human being. She was, uh, her her right paw and arm was on the, um, on the armrest. She had one leg up while she was sitting and the other leg was dangling. And then she had um, her other paw like that. And she was looking at the TV and then she looked at me. Then she looked at the TV and she looked at me and her name was Precious. I said, Precious, get down. And she looked at me, she looked back up at the TV and I said, Precious, get down. And the spirit said, tell her one more time. I said, precious, get down. And all of a sudden, uh, it was like my dog seen something in me that she never seen before. If there is a such thing as seeing a dog cry with tears literally coming down her face. Yeah. And then she started unraveling really slow. And when she got down on all four, she started walking away, but she looked back at me. She walked and then she looked back at me. And she walked. And then at that point, I knew, okay, you're in the house. Whatever's going on, you're in the house. And so, okay, I have questions. The, I said, can we do like we did last night? I'm going to take the Bible. I'm going to ask you a question. And then you're just going to close my eyes and you're going to put my finger on the answer. So I said, what is this strange and new thing that I'm experiencing? So the divine spirit closed my eyes and the book, it was closed. And I felt the spirit open it up and put my finger on it and when I opened my eyes to read what the answer was it says now you have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit which is of God to know the things that are freely given to you by God not in the words of man's wisdom but that which the Holy Spirit teaches to compare those things that are spiritual from those things that are spirit then all of a sudden, it was like a magnifying glass. It's like the spirit was telling me that what I'm experiencing is I left from how people would say, be in the world, but not of the world. So I was of the world, but now I'm like of the divine spirit. And that I'm the type of teaching that I was going to be receiving no scholarship, no degrees, no PhDs, no certification or anything can compare to the type of teaching that I was going to be receiving from the Holy Spirit, the, the spirit of truth. And so it, I got that revelation right away. I knew exactly what was being said to me. So I got excited. I said, okay, <laughs> I have another question to ask you then. I said, okay, but why am I acting like a big old child 
in a candy store. The spirit closed my eyes, opened up the book, point my finger to it, and the answer read, unless you humble yourself as this little child, you can in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. So the spirit was telling me, this childlike spirit is the one that the spirit is open to because a child is ready to please. Uh, a child is eager to do anything and everything that is being told to do. And no matter what, sometimes you have questions and sometimes you don't. Uh, but at the same time, it's that humbleness, that childlike spirit that the spirit is um, acknowledging. And so the, for me to be in a presence to communicate with the divine spirit, I had to come to the divine spirit in a childlike spirit, uh, eager to please and eager to learn and eager to receive with zeal everything that the spirit was going to be giving me. So at this point, two in a row, I got to know who's talking to me, right? So I asked the spirit, I said, well, I know that there's good and evil in this book. So I want to know who is talking to me. Uh, and this time, I don't want you to take my hands and open up the book. I want to open up my eyes and see who is speaking to me. So I'm not going, I, I put my hands, <laughs> I put my hands up under my behind so the spirit couldn't take my hands and um, I wanted to do what I asked it to do. Then um, all of a sudden the spirit snatched my hand from up under me, opened up the book and put my finger uh, on the page. And then I read it and said, tell her, it literally said, tell her, that's, and then I was like, that's me, <laughs> tell her, I that speak unto thee am he. And then my finger moved up a little bit, and it says, um, God is a spirit, and those who worship God does it in spirit and in truth. Then my finger moved up a little more, and it says, it's come a time when the Father looking for those to worship him in spirit and in truth. So I wasn't called by the son. I was called by the father or chosen by the father based on the information that the spirit was giving me um, in the book. So at this point, I was like, okay, I really need to understand what um, what's happening right now. And that's when the spirit took me to the part where it says, after 70 years has been accomplished, in all the places that I sent you, I will be gathering you to, um, to come back. And my thoughts of you is not of evil. And that's when I broke down because I, I had this bad aura about myself based on all the things that I, I was doing. And so um, the spirit said, I, my thoughts of you is not of evil, but of good to give you an expected end. Mana, so all this was happening when you were around the age of 42, and how long had you been on dialysis and when did you get your transplant? Okay, well, I'm 60 now. Take away four years. 
So I was um, 56 when I got my transplant. Now, how I got my transplant is a miracle within itself because I was literally asleep on my couch and I was dreaming about something. And I heard a voice speaking to me while I was on the, um, in my dream on the couch. And I heard the voices, I am about to give you one of your two wings of power. I am about to give you a child's kidney to match your inner child of obedience for the past 18 years. Because the first, well, going on 23, but the first five years, I was still trying to rip and run the streets and everything. Um, so I was like, that doesn't even fit into my dream. I'm like, what are you talking about? So I actually had to wake up, you know, after I heard that. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then the spirit spoke to my mouth again while I'm awake and says, I am about to give you one of your two wings of power. I am about to give you a child's kidney to match your inner child of obedience for the past 18 years. So I had to stick my face up against this mirror on my wall to just get clarity that I'm actually hearing what I'm hearing. And um, they spoke again. Now, I actually experienced a lot of emotions because I'm like, okay, if you're capable of doing this now, why did you wait 23 years? Why did you just do that in the very beginning? Um, and the spirit spoke to my mouth, said it was better for me to live as a fool first so I can become wise today. So I was like, wait, you ain't got to convince me anymore because I definitely was living foolishly. Um, but nevertheless, um, so after I realized that this was the divine spirit speaking to me, I got like this overzealous excited and I was telling anybody and everybody that was on a Tuesday. Wednesday, I went to dialysis, and everybody there knows I'm a spiritual person, uh, and they're always looking for a good word from me, um, encouraging them before they get on the machine. And so I told them about my experience, and some of them literally started crying, uh, and then the rest of them were happy for me. But then it got to the ear of my favorite nurse who actually took care of me, and her name is Naomi. Um, I'm very strict when it comes to people, you know, taking care of me. So she had to deal with me for 15 years because <laughs> I wouldn't let anybody else um, cannulate me. But anyway, so she heard about it and she come over and she sat down and she started crying. And I'm like, I would think you would be happy for me. She says, I am happy for you, Yasa. She used to always call me Yasa. Uh, I'm, I'm happy for you. It just makes me feel good because I felt in my spirit that this is time for you to get a kidney. So me and Tanya, we decided to submit your name um, to the transplant team so you can get an examination to see if you qualify for a kidney. Um, um, because you've been on dialysis almost 23 years, you know, um, but I tried four times, but because of my style, the way I speak, what I speak about, and uh, I walk with a staff that the ancestors gave me, um, it, it seemed like the, uh, when they told me I had to get a psychiatric evaluation um, for 
a year when everybody else only had to do it for a day, I would always decline because I had a bad experience um, with them before. But that's a whole nother story for another day. But nevertheless, and so she said, we actually have an appointment for you to see, just see the surgeon, just to see if you can put a, um, get a kidney, uh, where would it be? So like me, all excited about what the divine mother, that this is the one who's comforted me and healing me and the compassionate one. When I went to my doctor's appointment, all five of these doctors um, walked in and uh, I said, before you all say anything, let me tell you what the divine mother told me. So I stood up and somebody said, divine mother, who, what is that? And I said, okay, so what you call God, I call the divine mother, period. Let me just tell you what she said. And I said, she spoke through my mouth and she told me she was going to give me one of my two wings of power. And she was about to give me a child's kidney to match my inner child of obedience for the past 18 years. And then I smiled. The main head surgeon walks up to me about two feet away from my face and put his hands on his hip and said, hmm, nice story. But from a medical perspective, that is not going to happen. We do not give people your age children kidney. We either give them to babies or young adults who have a whole life ahead of them. And when he finished with that, I looked at him and I said, hmm. When the divine mother tells me she's going to give me something, she has the first and the last word. Uh, and so her word will over will prevail. And so I sat down, crossed my leg, and I said, so what's next? He turned so red, and he turned around to the rest of them, and they was in this little huddle. And then he came out and said, well, you're scheduled for an MRI and an X-ray. You need to just go get that done. And so... Uh, I went all happily and everything, and I went, and that was on a, a Thursday, Friday. I had to go to dialysis, and then I come back, and I get a phone call, and it's the people from the transplant telling me the outcome of the, the x-ray and the MRI, and she says, well, the doctors concluded, I mean, the surgeons concluded that if you was to get a kidney, they can put one on your right side. And I said, okay, it takes about a nine month workup, you know, to get prepared for all of that. And then she's like, mm, mm, mm -mm. hold on for a minute. I got to go check something out. So she left and she come back. She said, are you standing? Are you sitting? I said, well, which one do you want me to be? And she said, mm. Mm, 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 mm. She said, they done put you at the top of the list. And I was like, how are they going to? But then I remember who's in control. <laughs> well, I haven't even had my workup or anything yet. They didn't put me on the top of the list. I was like, oh, my goodness. I was like divinely hysterical. Like, oh, my goodness, mommy. I mean, divine spirit. At the top of the list she said yeah that means you can get called like really soon right and I'm like okay so that was on a Friday Monday I get a call and they tell me they got a 
kidney down there waiting on me. Okay, so I get there and they have two people, another man, but they disqualified him. And then it was just me. Well, they get me all prepped up and ready the next morning. Uh, well, to prepare for the next morning. And then all of a sudden they give me this paperwork um, to, to sign. I'm a reader. You know, I'm going to read whatever. And I noticed, <laughs> I noticed on one of those papers, uh, it said that I will be agreeing to uh, receive a kidney transplant that has hepatitis C in it. And I was like, okay, so I had to raise my voice and then they come running over there. And I'm like, excuse me, is this telling me that you all have a, a kidney back there waiting on me with half hepatitis C in it? That's not what the divine mother told me she's giving me. And first of all, what makes you think I want to take on somebody else's disease when I have my own issues that I'm dealing with? And they said, well, we can't tell you if it is or if it isn't, but you can either sign yes or no. Then I said, no, that's not what I want because that's not what the divine mother said she's going to be giving me, right? And so, well, needless to say, midnight that night, they told me that it had my, um, my surgery has been canceled and the doctor would come in and, and speak to me. So when he did come in, not the one who told me what I can have and what I couldn't have, but um, this other assistant doctor, uh, he said, you remember Pac-Man, right? I said, you talking about that dingo, chum, 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 chum? <laughs> He's like, yeah. He said, I had a strong urge to test your blood again with this kidney that you were supposed to receive. He said, as soon as I put your blood next to that blood, uh, the donor blood, your blood started immediately attacking the, um, the blood from the donor. And I'm like, well, is that a good thing or a bad thing? He said, no, if we would have put that kidney in you, you could have went into, you would have went into rejection. Some people make it and some people don't. And I was like, oh, Okay, well, see, that I was being guided by the spirit because that's not what she told me I was supposed to be taken. So I declined. I said, now that I had my opportunity um, at the um, top of the line, does that mean I have to go all the way to the bottom of the list now? And um, he said, well, no, I can't really call that or not. Um, but it all depends on how things work out. Long story short, the following Monday, so this is 13 days. Um, they called me for another one. Now, this time, I'm laying up in the hospital bed preparing, and the, all the surgeons, all five of them come in. But the man surgeon who told me what I can have and what I couldn't have, he's the one who walked in there. He couldn't even look at me in my face. He just was looking all up in the ceiling and stuff, talking to me. He says, hmm. Consider yourself blessed and you must be a star because <laughs> you're about to get a pediatric kidney. Now, my mind is still thinking about hepatitis C, a disease uh, kidney. So when he said pediatric, it didn't register to me what that was. I literally opened up my mouth and said, so what type of disease is pediatric? <laughs> 
you know, all those people, they literally turned around and walked out the room. And the spirit had him, him, to come in and stick his head in the door. He said, because she had him to use the language that she gave me. Uh, he said, a pediatric kidney is a baby's kidney. And your God, it's true. So that's that. I mean, it's a whole lot to go with that, but yeah. So that's how I wound up with my baby kidneys. Oh, and she allowed me to name them. She said, one name is Destiny, because I was only supposed to get one, but she allowed me to wake up with two. <laughs> yeah, so she named one Destiny and the other one Legacy. She said, they're going to be part of my divine destiny and my purified legacy to get me to my um what my what I was sent here to do I have to can't be on no machine because I have to it's so much for me to do do they consider it a miracle just for you to be able to be on dialysis for 23 years yes yes and uh, uh the whole transplant team um for me to even get baby kidneys in my 50s was a complete miracle for, I mean, they just said they just never seen anything like that before. And I I always express, well, that's what happens when the divine spirit intervenes. It's not about what we think, it's about what we need. And she felt I needed this, so she allowed it to, to take place. Yeah, uh, I was up walking within seven hours of my transplant. I was sitting up in the chair within four hours of my transplant. I was urinating on the operating table after the surgeon told me I would probably still have to do dialysis because when I was on dialysis after five years, I wasn't urinating anymore. So they said my my bladder has shrunk into the size of a uh, about like this of my finger. So it's gonna take time to mature. <laughs> well, when I woke up and realized I had a catheter and nobody told me that was part of the surgery, um, the nurse looked at the nose and they said, well, you started peeing right there on the operating table. <laughs> on the operating table. So they got another shock because they wasn't expecting, you know, my bladder to kick in <laughs> like that. But yeah, it's so much. And I had that guy who um, who does the dreams. Ooh, I would love for him to hear some of the um, experiences um, that I have as far as dreams. I, I don't even think they're dreams. I just believe that the, the ancestors and the spirit comes and takes me on this journey with preparation for the purpose of why I'm here. And this to show that I'm not alone, um, seen and unseen. You know, it, it's just um, like this one particular, just this one. Um, when I went to Tibet, as soon as I laid my head up on the, the pillow and wasn't even um, asleep, um, all of a sudden, I felt like I was on this real fast elevator again. And then all of a sudden, these giant wings were flapping in my ears. Like if you take your hand and go like this, well, imagine giant wings flapping in your ear. Then all of a sudden I hear this beautiful singing. 
I had never heard anything like it. And I can hear like cheering, like people like applauding, cheering. Then all of a sudden, my sheet can't, it became like a slab of stone. It, it literally was like I was being pressed down and it felt like a slab of stone. And it scared me so much, I literally passed out. But then the next day, when I asked the divine spirit what that was that I um, had just experienced, um, the spirit took me to the book. And it was when Moses um, asked to see um, the divine spirit, the spirit told him that he could not see the front part, but could see the back part. And then in the passing, I would take you uh, and put you in a cliff of a rock and cover you um, with my hand. And as soon as I read that, I knew that's exactly what it was that I felt. Either the covering, the covering of the hand of the divine spirit or the part being put in the cave and the cave walls come on me. But the spirit allowed me to accept the part where the spirit covered me um, with her hand. And so there's so much for me to experience um, um, coming, coming into this realm and actually feeling the hand of the divine spirit um, pressed down on you to cover you um, is like, I don't care what I have to go through. It's very important that I do what I was sent here to do because um, the just to, it's just so much. And this one right here, this, this experience right here, this is part of my evidence, part of my evidence of bringing something back. This one, these are five scrolls. These are scrolls where they would put me in the spirit. And this one's about 35 feet long, this one. And that doesn't have no lines, but the writing is very, very straight. It goes on and on and on. Where did you get those from? No, no. The spirit wrote it through me. She told me to go get some papyrus paper, um, some ancient comedic Egyptian paper, but I couldn't find it. So the salesman told me, well, they have rice paper, Chinese rice paper, and that's just as good. So I bought a roll of the Chinese um, uh, rice paper. And then the next thing I know, for seven days straight, without dialysis, no eating, no drinking, except for water and pretzels. Mm. That's what I lived off on for seven days. And when I was finished, then I had these scrolls. I mean, it, it is literally 35 feet long. And then I have these other ones too. So it was like you were channeling the information. You were hearing what to write and you were just writing it. Yeah, I wasn't hearing it like how I hear you. Mm -hmm. uh, I can just hear it in my spirit. Uh, and then I was just writing what was coming through my mind. Uh, and this, this is, 
this is actually in a language that I don't even know how to read, especially what's going around. This is a seal. Yeah, that seal's amazing. Yeah, uh, and, but I don't know what these words mean. I have to find somebody who can tell me what those words can are. You, can you hold up the seal to the camera, please? Yeah. Yahweh of heaven. What are those other ones? Uh, looks like it says kingdom of Yahweh, supreme ruler, something authority. Um, from what I, it's a little close, so maybe that's why I can't read it all. Then there's some lines that, yeah, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, these, these words. Right. These words on the outside, I don't know what those are. Mm -hmm. Lift um, it up a little bit higher. Let me see. Right there. Yeah, that's interesting. Herer and Olam, it looks like. Yeah, I don't know what those words are either. That's very interesting. Yeah. Now, the thing is, though, um, when the Spirit was teaching me those words like Yahweh, because I, like I said, I'm not a follower of, of anything, but then my research of how they guided me, a lot of the teachings that we get through the Bible has been, um, how you say, uh, pleasurized from an ancient culture that I believe that I'm a descendant from. Mm -hmm. And they were, um, well, they come in all colors, but the first ones were known as Mami Wata, priestesses, sibyls, oracles, muses. Um, they call me a crone now, um, uh, old woman with um, wisdom or whatever. And so the original names are the positions, the offices of a Yahweh or a Moses or something were actually contributed to these divine feminine energies that were here before all of this. So um, I still credit to the knowledge but she had me to write it in this way because she sent me to some people, some what they call mores, who were known as Hebrew Israelites. And the things that the divine spirit was teaching me uh, was a lot different than what they were teaching. So I've been put out of churches. I've been literally picked up and carried out. Um, I've experienced a lot because when the spirit, they say the Holy Spirit, it comes with you with truth. And when you address the truth and gets falsehood, then you're not re really received. And especially if they feel like a woman shouldn't be speaking, and that's another problem. But nevertheless, uh, I'm still here. Mana, after watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you open for that? Yes, I'm open. <laughs> What's the best way to reach you? Uh, to me, it would be call me on the phone. You want to give out your phone number or do you want to give out like your email address, Facebook profile or what? Uh, my email. I guess we can put my email. I don't have a problem giving out my phone number. Either I receive it or I won't. Mm -hmm. uh, the Spirit's just definitely going to let me know if there's something on the other end that 
You got my email in front of you. I have it not in front of me, but if you want to say it for the people that just listen and don't watch, and I'll, oh, you okay. can put that down, and then I'll put it in the video description as well. Okay, lady, capital L-A-D-Y. Uh, let's use the shorter one. Uh, lady, F-R-D-M, abbreviated for freedom. Um, so F-R-D-M, Lioness, L-I-O-N-E-S-S, the number one at yahoo.com. Mana, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Oh, yes. Um, no matter how low one feels that there's always going to be a highness within them, do not dis- get discouraged of the where you are today when there can be a better tomorrow. And just know that when you sleep in peace is an opportunity to wake in joy and know that you are loved, you are favored. And no matter what it is that you feel unclean, uh, that the divine spirit either has a word, a smile, a hug that can cleanse you. And I love when the spirit wakes me up with a kiss of another opportunity to experience another gift of the present. So just stay strong and of good courage. And us who are at the bottom, the paradigm shift is up to shift us into a higher level because we are going to be um, the significant um, leadership. Rather, it's, uh, it doesn't have to be a diploma or a degree or scholarship. It's just our suffering is actually what has making us wise and make better and wiser decisions. So with that, I'm complete. Mana, thank you for that message. And thank you for being my guest. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.